this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People applying Rotary's model of service above self. And Jonah, today our very special guest in the studios is Valerie Cote. And we'll be chatting with her about the safety of your pets. Pet safety. That's right. You better especially, pay attention. Especially dogs. Well, good morning, Valerie. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning. So, um, you are in Unionvale. The dog warden. You are the dog warden, or as they say in more modern times, the animal control officer. And um, how'd you get interested in that? Um, actually, a friend of mine told me about the job. Uh-huh. And I've always worked with dogs. I used to train them. And I did rescue, so I thought it would be interesting, and I applied for it, and I got it. Okay, now the, the, the image that most people have of the dog warden or the animal control officer comes from old cartoons where uh, uh, Pluto is trying to escape some big fellow with a mustache, who, <laughs> and he's got a big, big uh, van loaded with dogs all yapping, and they get picked up and taken away somewhere. Uh, what do you really do as the animal control officer as a dog warden? Well, it's a lot different now, especially in Unionville, because it's a small town. Right. So a lot of times people will call me because they have a dog in their yard, and some of the times I know where the dog actually lives. Right. So I'll just call the owner and tell them their dog is up the road in somebody's yard, and they'll go get it. Yeah. Or I tell whoever has the dog, and they'll bring it back to their owner. It's pretty easy now. It's not like it was years ago. Why, why is it important uh, to have a dog license and to make sure that license is on the dog's collar? Well, so we can return the dog to the owner right. when we pick him up. You know, you see these heartbreaking signs stapled to trees, you know, lost dog with a picture of a dog, and to me, one dog looks like any other dog, you know, answers to Muffy or something, and, you, you, you know, the people are putting it up, and as they're putting it up, I said, do you have the license on the collar? No. You know, so how do you know where to return it? Right. Exactly. Well, and it's also the licensing, correct me if I'm wrong, but to, uh, that there are shots and all that all that other information is, is on the tags, too. There, well, You have your ID tag with the owner's uh, name and number, and then you've got, are they current? I mean, do you have a lot of animals that, that you find in your area that aren't... Um, aren't up to date with their shots and things like that? Do you, is that an aspect you have to deal with? Not really, but what I do find is a lot of dogs don't wear their tags gotcha. or the tags get lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is that sometimes people will pick dogs up and take them as far away as Connecticut. So if you don't have something on your dog, they could bring them to a shelter in Connecticut and then right. you'll never see the dog again. Ah. So what I tell everybody to do is to write their phone number on the collar of the dog. Oh, in case that very the, clever the, idea. Yeah, the coin, the thing that jingles, they drops get lost. Off. The yeah. charm or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. The Take tags. off the collar, right? And, and you write it, say, with a sharpie, uh-huh. phone number. That'd be terrific. That's a right. So idea. what what happens if you pick up a dog as uh, Unionvale's uh, dog control officer, uh, Valerie Cote, and there's no license, there's no collar. And the, the dog is unclaimed. What happens to an unclaimed dog? Well, we hold them for five to seven days, and then they go up for adoption. We just contracted with the ASPCA in Hyde Park, so right. we bring them there now. Okay. Um, so if somebody's looking for their dog and they can't reach me, they can go to the ASPCA. If they're looking to adopt a dog, they can go to the ASPCA. Hopefully the owner will turn up within the seven days. And what happens after seven days? If they turn up afterwards, their dog could be adopted. All right. But I think it's important to know that uh, that the dogs are not euthanized. 
uh, at the ASPCA. I know that to the extent possible, unless they're very sickly or something. They are not euthanized. Yeah, right. No. Right. That's important to know, folks. Don't don't they be upset. They try to place the dog. Yeah. Yeah. So I, are there a lot of dogs that get abandoned? Are there, do you have, what are you dealing with, really? I'm seeing more of that. Do you think that's a sign of the economy? Too expensive to keep Too the dog? Too expensive? I don't know if it's more a sign of the economy or, uh, I don't know, because I know breeders that are selling dogs for $2,500 a piece. So if it's the economy, how can people go and buy dogs for that price? Well, after mm-hmm. they buy the dog, they can't afford the puppy chow. The vet bills, right? Oh, the vet bills. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I just don't know. I don't so, know, but I am seeing more abandoned. More of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what should pet owners do if they, they their pet is missing? Uh, you know, I know people put up the signs, as we say. They may call you, Valerie Cote, the other door control officer of, of their locality or the ASPCA. What other steps should they take? They should call the sheriff's department and let oh, them really? know. Yeah. yeah, because often people, if they can't reach me, they'll call the sheriff's department right. for a deputy to come. If a dog's been hit by a car, they will call, if they can't reach me again, the sheriff's department. And mm-hmm. so they'll be able to get their information that way if mm-hmm. someone's found mm-hmm. their dog. I know in the past when I've worked in various radio stations, um, people will come in also and ask to have it announced on the air if their dog is missing or have announced on the air, I found a dog, if they couldn't reach any official thing or even if they have. They try to get the word out that, that way through, through radio announcements. Jonah, have you ever done that? Not yet. Not yet. But I will. Okay. If, if we have to, I certainly See, will. See, that's something you have to look Actually, forward I'll, to in your radio career, let, I will let you make the announcements as I Who say how the much. the dog out? No. See, I, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember how much is that dog in the window. Our guest is Valerie Cote. She is the animal control officer, or more properly known as the dog warden of the town of Unionvale. And she's telling us about keeping our dogs and uh, other pets safe. Um, but, oh. There's Jay Versey, ladies and gentlemen, bringing us Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> Which so, is wonderful sense of humor. L- let's talk about uh, a, a, a subject that might be uh, a little bit upsetting. How much is that dog And there's dog Peggy Lee with How Much Is That window? Dog in the Window. That would be another like, That's right. time warp. For me. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about um, a subject that some of us find upsetting, but it is, it's an important subject to talk, and that's animal abuse. What do you as dog warden uh, do uh, about reports of animal abuse or uh, dogs you have to rescue? Well, for animal abuse, I get in touch with the um, the cruelty officers up at the ASPCA. Right. And then we try to take it from there. I mean, because there's different levels. And well, what are well, some what of are the signs cru- what are, of abuse? Wait, wait, yeah. what are cruelty officers? I've never heard of that. Well, that's what they do. They go out on, on calls for cruelty, um, neglect, and animals out in the winter. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're uniform uh-huh. police yeah. officers. Is that right? Yeah, ASPCA. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They do yeah. a very fine job, too. They do, yeah. So what author, can they just take the dog under their own os- their own authorization because they are sanctioned to do that if they feel that the situation warrants it? That can they just right then and there remove the dog from the environment? And sometimes they can. Sometimes they have to take it step by step. Okay. Um, but that would be who to call. And what are some cruelty. of the signs uh, of uh, that might indicate to you or the animal cruelty officers or just the average public that uh, an animal's being abused? Well, there's obvious signs. If they're skinny, if they're out in the winter, they have no shelter or the shelter is poor. Right. Uh, a lot of people think you can just give a dog a dog house with no bedding inside. Um, I've come up on dogs with frozen water, frozen blankets inside the dog houses. That's all neglect. Right. 
And if people suspect that, you know, some dog or other animal in the area is being abused, they should call the ASPCA or, again, the sheriff's office? They should call the dog warden or the animal control right. officer, of and town. they should call the ASPCA cruelty officers as well. Right. Both. So, um, Valerie Cote, a dog warden, animal control officer for the town in Unionville, what kind of special training um, do you get as animal control officer? Is it just because, you know, you've got a love of animals and you've self-taught? Well, she had, she had some background, right. too. But what, are the, what other trained, kind of special so. training do you have? And do you, do you have a big van that says dog officer? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just have my car. Um, I don't know if anybody needs special training. I, I came with background. Right. So, I really don't know what each town ask for when you go to apply for that job. Now, let's say you find a, a, an abandoned dog or, or a dog that's wandering uh, lost. Do you bring him back to your house and feed it, or do you have kennels, or you just take him straight to the SPCA? Because I know I'm a resident of Red Hook, and our Red Hook dog officer has kennels, and he feeds him and pets him and all that kind of stuff, for a while at least. Well, I mean, it's only natural that you're going to pick him up, and, sure. and, and it depends. If, you, if I pick him up late at night, then I'll bring him back and give him someplace comfortable to sleep and some food and water. Um, but if I pick him up during the day, I will bring him up to the ASPCA. That's what Ag and Marcus prefers you to do. That's mean. You mean the uh, uh, New York State Division of Agriculture and Markets? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, before the break, uh, let me just uh, ask you this, Valerie Cote, uh, dog warden and animal control officer for the town of Unionvale. Um, do you have any advice for people who are saying, gee, I'd, I'd like to have a dog, and then they discover it's a mistake? What kind of people really shouldn't be having pets? You know, like maybe working couples who are never home or something along those lines? No, because if, if working people didn't get a pet, yeah, a lot of animals wouldn't have homes because everybody's okay. got to work. Right. Um, but get the animal that fits into your home. Uh, you wouldn't go out and get a beagle if you have small children that are always open indoors because right. the dog is going to get out. Okay. Um, so it's important to do your, your homework and see what kind of dog you really want to get. Well, Excellent let's talk advice. a little bit more about that in the next segment. Um, but right now... Let me remind our listeners, they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at www.radiorotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the pet-loving Sarah O'Connell, our very special guest, Valerie Cote, uh, the dog warden animal control officer for the town of Unionvale, and Sarah, who keeps us fed this week on Radio Rotary, <laughs> Fred and Watered. Well, Jonah, this week Radio Rotary is sponsored by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of Arlington Poughkeepsie, Congress Valley Cottage, Highland Hyde Park, Kinderhook Tri-Village, Kingston Sunrise, Middletown, and Millbrook. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. In 1985, while polio was paralyzing 1,000 children a day, Rotary International committed to a goal, a goal of ending polio worldwide. Very soon now, after contributing nearly $600 million and immunizing over 2 billion children, the goal will be achieved. Eradicating polio worldwide. That is humanity in motion. That is Rotary. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, CPAPC, is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. 
JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845-692-9500 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. Hudson Valley Talk Radio and online at HudsonValleyTalkRadio.com. And welcome back to this woof woof edition of Radio Rotary. I'm Sarah O'Connell. And on I, King, on you Huskies, and, Sergeant Preston Yukon. Oh, the theme from Lassie. And I am joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser. See, that one's for you. That's your decade. Or That's your, right. You're part of the century. That's right. The, the Who let the dog out is my part of the century. Yes, ma'am. Not to put too fine a point on it. But yes, anyway, ma'am. today we are talking to Valerie Cote, who is the dog warden and animal control officer for the township of Unionvale. And we've learned a lot about um, we've learned a lot of things about how communities manage dogs getting in, getting out, how they get transferred in and out of SPCA rescues, making right. sure your dog is is marked, um, uh, tagged, licenses up to date. Uh, Very good tip. Let's just review that for a minute. That um, not only should you have your charm, or what I call the charm, the The tag, the metal that says and also identifies the dog and the owner and a return number, but... um, Valerie suggests that you take a Sharpie, a magic marker, and write on the collar itself because the charms tend to get lost. Um, dogs pull them off, they lose them, whatever happens. But if there's if they've got just your basic collar on there and you have in, uh, a, a permanent marker that has the dog's name and the telephone number, that really assists when dogs are misplaced or wander off or get out or whatever happens, them being returned to their homes. And speaking of returns, it's time to welcome back Valerie Cote, our guest. Good morning again, Valerie. Good morning. I'd like to add one more thing to that. Oh, please do, yes. Um, Besides putting the name and phone number on the collar to microchip your pet. Oh, what's that? What's microchipping? Well, everybody's microchipping now. It's a little chip that goes between the shoulder blades, and it's easy to insert. It's just like getting a vaccine, and you can register your dog. And anytime they're picked up by the ASPCA, myself, or go to a veterinarian, they can scan the chip, and all your information will right? come up. But now a vet has to do that, correct? No, it's I still, can do that, oh, too. Oh, you can do it now. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, I assume it's not too painful, hopefully, for the animal? No. No, and it's only it, about the size of a grain of rice. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The wonders of a modern age. And uh, is it expensive to do? No. All right. No. Give us a, a price range. Uh, um, maybe $25. Oh, well, that's cheap insurance to make sure your pet comes back to you if the pet wanders off. Yep, and it's a one-time registration. Okay. Now, well, we've been talking, of course, a lot about dogs, and you've got that title, dog uh, control officer, dog warden. Um, but do you a- a involve yourself with other animals that might be pets, cats, wabbits? You know, <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Doc? Cats, rabbits, uh, ducks, whatever. I I try not to, <laughs> <laughs> but I do I do rescue on my own. So if someone has a cat that has turned up, that's been injured, or has kittens, then if I can, I will pick them up. You know, every once in a while, we read in the uh, newspaper about uh, people who may be a little bit disturbed, and they hoard animals. They may have, you know, two or three dozen cats or dogs, and the, the animals are not properly taken care of. Is that something that would come under your purview as the animal control officer? Uh, yes, it would if it's dogs. Yeah. 
Because yeah. the dogs have to be licensed. You're only supposed to have so many, I think, three dogs in the town. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And have you ever run into that kind of thing where somebody's got 50 dogs in the house? or Not in Unionville, oh, no. Right. Yeah. But you, you've seen and heard about that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, another aspect of your, of your job, which is... Um, Handling dangerous dogs. You know, uh, every once in a while you have an unfortunate circumstance of a dog attacking a person or attacking another animal. And um, it must know, be a frightening experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the person calls the police and you get called out. What kind of things do you do as animal control officer if a dog has bitten another animal or a person? A person. Well, it depends. It yeah. depends on how bad the bite was, if it was an attack or just a bite, how upset everybody is. Um, it can go anywhere from a dog running across the road and biting the neighbor's dog, but nobody's that upset because everything's okay. Right. Um, but, so but it must be different when it crosses into a dog biting a person. Right. Well, then they, they're deemed dangerous dogs. And I guess now, even under agriculture markets law, if they bite other animals, it is as well. All right, and that's a, that uh, involves the uh, the courts uh, for a designation of a dangerous dog. Yeah. And there's a variety of things that could happen to the animal um, that uh, you know is, is deemed a dangerous dog. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, if it's deemed a dangerous dog, it can't go outside unless it's leashed and walked by somebody over 21 years old. Right. Um, if you wanted to keep it outside in the kennel, it would have to have a cement floor and a roof with a lock on the kennel. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it comes off the property, it has to be leashed again with somebody 21 or older with a muzzle. A muzzle. So I think it covers its whole snout so it can breathe, and, right. and but it can't nip at somebody, all right? Right. And if it's persistent, folks, uh, it, it could be uh, put to sleep, could be euthanized. It could be euthanized, sure. Right, yeah. So our guest is uh, Valerie Cote. She is the uh, dog warden, the animal control officer for the town in Unionvale. And we're talking about the safety of your pets. Um, and I had yes. a quick question. Sure. In the first segment, we touched on if you're looking for an animal, um, what is the best way to research so that um, Valerie had, had given us some hints about making sure that the animal is the right fit for your family? Right. And um, we had a preconceived idea that maybe you know, working families should perhaps that's not a great fit to have a dog. And Valerie, your opinion is? I think anybody that has the finances and the love for the animal could have a dog. I mean, you go to work and leave your children in school or daycare. Your dog doesn't need you 24 hours either. Of course not. Yeah. And there are so many dogs out there that need homes, and it's the time you spend with the dog that's important. As long as you do the training and you give it attention and that dog doesn't mind sleeping all day. <laughs> so My wife will tell you that sounds just like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I was always told, I don't know if this is true, maybe you know the answer, Valerie Cote, that, um, that they don't really have a, a conception of time. So they don't, they don't know that you've been gone to That's work. Nobody buys them a watch. And not true. Right. <laughs> oh, no? Jay Versey says not true. He's not with my cats. <laughs> oh, all right. Cats are creatures of habit. That's what, ha- being an owner of, <laughs> and having had children, I've owned all of the above. 
Um, I have a 13-year-old golden retriever, and, and I am on, you know, I always have a cat in the house. Um, but the cat is much more uh, attached to routine, actually, than the dog is. Uh, he's so much more flexible. He's, he's very easygoing, of course. And, but he's really had quite a change in his life because he came on board when I still had children at home and it was a very active household. And he, he, I think he loves the fact that now it's just the two of us and he can sleep during the day and get Especially some when they get older. When they get older, they yeah. want to rest too. He, he so loves it when we're home. He loves, you know, the weekends and the, and the go and do and busy, busy. But he, he likes for me to go away so he can have his downtime. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, Valerie Cote, our uh, animal control officer, our dog warden from Unionvale, are there any uh, breeds that you would advise parents with young children to stay away from? I mean, every once in a while you hear all this bad publicity about pit bulls. Yeah, um, back to the right fit. Dobermans. What's the right fit for uh, you? Uh, is this thing about pit bulls a, a, an urban legend, or is that a, a breed you really want to stay away from? That's a breed I love. Okay. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we asked the expert, that's folks. That's right. Tell us about it. Right. They're actually the nanny dog over in Ireland. They're a great family dog. Or is Just that like right? anything else, yeah. Just like anything else, when people start putting their hands into genetics, they can screw them up. Oh, all right. Um, but pit bulls are excellent family dogs. They love kids. They love to play with kids. You, they're pain tolerant. You can do anything to them. It's the dog itself. It's not the breed. Oh, all right. So, I mean, I've seen some pretty nasty Labrador retrievers. Uh-huh. So... I, you know, I, I right now have a lot of pit bull puppies for adoption. <laughs> okay. So if people want to have a, a, a puppy to adopt, how would they reach you? They can reach me if they go to Pet Finder. Pet Finder. And these puppies are Cane Corso Pit Bull Mix. Petfinder.com? Yep. Okay. Pet Folks at home, get a pencil and paper. We'll, write, we'll talk about that again in a couple of minutes. And um, if they put in their zip code, Union Vale will come up and they'll see the puppies and... They're, they're for adoption. And how to many do you have, Valerie? Certain homes. Okay, so you would be helping to place them, right? Making, yeah. Again, I, coming back to making sure it's the right fit. Yes. Yeah, we do screen the people and and ask for vet references. And I pit bulls I only adopt out to homeowners because a lot of landlords won't let people have them. So to keep them in their home and get the most permanent home as possible, I try to put them in homes where people own their own home and they're not moving around. And again, that's PetFinder.com. So um, Valerie Cote, a dog warden officer, a dog warden and animal control officer from Uniondale, in the 30 seconds we have left, what's your best advice to people about how to treat their pets? Remember they're a living thing. They have feelings. And whatever you teach them as puppies, they're going to do when they grow up. Well, Valerie Cote, thank you for your public service as a dog officer. And thank you for joining us on Radio Rotary. This has been very informative. Yes, right. And who do we have to thank for bringing us Radio Rotary this week, young lady? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary this week is sponsored by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of New City, New Windsor, Cornwall, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Red Hook, and Rhinebeck. For my co-host, Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebowasa. Thank you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next Friday morning at 9, right here for another edition of Radio Rotary.